Hey, Darren, have you been watching us on uh, the Electric Now app? I have. I haven't recently because I, I, I watch you pretty much every week when we're doing these things. But Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, you know what I love about it's, the Electric Now app? It's better it's on so video. It's so easy to use. It's, it's, it's better really on video. Easy. Download the it. app and you watch us. That's all there is to it. It's so and, simple. And a lot of other cool stuff, too. You go to the app store. It says Electric Now. You download it. And then it. Press, in the United States. Press the button and there it is. There it is. And you can choose. You can bookmark it. There's plenty of other movies and TV show to enjoy and episodes of all your favorite Electric Surge podcasts. So why wait? Download the Electric Now app and start enjoying us anytime. Hello, this is not Gene Roddenberry, but uh, if I was around, I would definitely be listening to Inglorious Trexperts, the new podcast from the people who brought you the 430 movie. Check it out, 430movie.com. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital, wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy it. This is Mark A. Altman, and this week, truth is stranger than fiction on Documentary Week. Welcome to an all-new 430 movie, and they're all back, all the days of the week. Mr. Monday, <laughs> Steve Melching. Hi there, how you doing? Can we can we do that one again? I, I don't think I look good in that shot. Tuesday. <laughs> this is not cinema verite, is it? It's Darren Doctorman. We don't stage our movie here. You just do whatever you were going to do, okay? Wednesday, like you're fighting, like you're fighting, Ashley Miller. Uh, but what if I, you know, I, uh, uh, can I, uh, can I start over? <laughs> well, there you got it. There you got your 430 movie Mouseketeers. Good night, and, everybody. <laughs> and let me tell you, I, I know, you know, I, we said this before, I, you know, Going into this, I was kind of like, okay, documentary week, that's going to be fun. That's going to be good. But I didn't expect it to be so difficult. I mean, I've said this before, but this may be the most difficult week I've had yet. <laughs> I, I, it was really, really, really difficult. I'm still not sure what I'm going with yet. I know. I had four. I narrowed it down to like four, and I kept changing my mind like, you know, up until just now, like I'm still not 100 percent sure, and I got and I got to reveal my choice in a couple of minutes. Speaking you of which, do. I'm writing down what I think Steve's pick will be <laughs> on this uh, card here. So, um, well, I know one of those picks you never would have guessed because I doubt any of you have actually even heard of this movie, much less seen it. Okay, well, but I did, but I didn't pick it, but I will talk about it later because it's it's hmm. a crazy, strange okay. movie. I wrote it down on the I wrote it down on the card, and I will reveal the card when we get to it. Um, but yeah, why, why why are documentaries so captivating? Well, like you said, truth is stranger than fiction, and I think we're we're at an age now where we've seen so many damn movies that there's not a whole lot that can surprise us anymore in a in like a fictional a fiction movie, whereas documentaries. I mean, there's the craziest stories that, that come out and, and the idea that they're true or at least somewhat true 
is really fascinating. So Ashley, the Shakespeare adage, there are only seven plots where we know all the tropes uh, of, of fiction. So documentaries inherently can be more surprising and interesting. Do you agree with that? No, because when documentaries are constructed, they're constructed around a story. You know, somebody somebody picks a way in. They pick a point of view. They have a story to tell about the story. Um, and I think that uh, that the documentaries, if documentaries didn't have a plot, they would be they would be shapeless. There there wasn't a structure to them. They would be shapeless. And, and structure is all plot really is. Like so Captain Kirk. In, uh, according to the Klingons in Trouble with Tribbles. Right. right. Denevian slime devil. That's my opinion, too. Um, you know, before we uh, before we, we came on the air today, um, we were talking about the late lamented um, restaurant chain, the Ground Round. That was such a great oh restaurant God, growing up. Remember they had the peanut shells on the floor? Yeah. And, man, they had some really great burgers and... Uh, Made from uh, ground round, as I yeah. remember. <laughs> you know, it was that. I, I miss that place. I think I went there for my. Um, I think I, I my my first uh, drink as a as a, a twenty one year old. My first mm. legal drink uh, I had at the ground round. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I surrounded I, by peanut shells. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, mm, salty. I seem to remember their commercials were fun and they made it look like it, it was a lot of fun maybe more fun than it actually was but that's the purpose of commercials to make to you me it was kind of like go. um like a tji fridays but like fun like not like so cheney it was like uh more um like dick cheney it, it had yeah like dick cheney <laughs> it had more 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 character to it i felt mm. well know? certainly uh, had more uh peanut shells yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Salty. Well, we got a lot to talk about this week with the documentaries. A maybe lot we do. Maybe, maybe it was maybe. hard for all of us. Maybe, maybe it was the maybe we hardest week of all time. Maybe we all couldn't think of a lot of <laughs> Maybe I wanted to do Monkey Week, too. <laughs> maybe you will anyway. Maybe I will anyway. You know what? There's got to be a monkey documentary out. You know what? There probably is a monkey documentary out sure. there. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I got, see, I got two columns of movies oh, just from my own collection that I had oh, a hard time whittling it down. Jesus I, Christ, right, Steve! I know that was it was <laughs> I the had same a hard movie. time building it up. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, do I go with politics or history or film or concerts? I mean, they all could be separate weeks. I was, you know, it's like how you know bios. I mean, it's like, oh my God, this is brutal. Or the film and, history of political concerts. Yeah, could that. Be. So I'm not quite sure. Uh, uh, it's, well, so, it's such a broad category. It's like saying it's drama week on the 430. Well, does that <laughs> right. include, you know, historical <laughs> epics? Does that include, you know, nope. intimate? You it's know, movie week. week. <laughs> it's movie week on the 430. Look, I, I think the problem, of course, if we if we parse this anymore, it could be a problem. You know, I, I don't know how many weeks of documentaries. I mean, uh, uh, the shows that people seem to really respond to are the genre, the genre weeks. And uh, although, you know, we've had some more esoteric weeks that did very well. But I, I'm, not, I'm very curious to see how documentary weeks did. But if we did a month of documentaries, we might well, be in trouble. Documentaries, <laughs> you know, by their nature, you know, it, 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 at least growing up, 
you think of a documentary film, it's like having to eat your vegetables. You know, it's educational film. It, it's a dry, maybe a dry subject matter or a really depressing subject matter about death or, you know, the horrors of war or, you know, some, something terrible like that. But I think in the, in the last 15 or 20 years, we've had this incredible creative sort of explosion of documentary films. There are so many being made and distributed now. And I think that's because of a couple of reasons. Um, first and foremost, I think is that the sort of democratization of filmmaking of the digital age where it's everyone has a you know high def camera in their pocket and you can you can just film stuff and you're not worried about having your 16 millimeter camera and all your rolls of film and changing magazines. And do you have enough film? Do you have your sound guy there with your sound tape running and, and, and you're worried about lighting and stuff. It's, it's so much easier to capture film or capture it, images. But on the other hand, it seems to me that that lowers the bar because it makes it easier to make a, a documentary about anything, whether or not it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, That's but true. I also feel like how many times in movies have you seen the documentary filmmaker depicted as somebody who is struggling to make a living, you know, that they did it for their art. It was like Ben Stiller in that um, the movie um, When We Were Young, When We Were Young, When, when We Were Young. Uh, you know, and then it was also um, Woody Allen and Crimes and Misdemeanors. You know, they, there's always this cliche of the the documentary filmmaker being the struggling artist. Yeah. But what you see with the um, emergence of the streamers in the last couple of years, they're paying huge money at um, uh, Sundance and Toronto for these documentaries, which have become hugely popular. So you have things like Icarus, which won the Oscar a couple of years ago, which Netflix spent a, a ton of money for. And these things that, you know, you would go to like some rundown rat infested theater in New York or Boston and LA now, you know, are everywhere because Hulu's showing it, Netflix is showing it. So they've become much more accessible, I think. And that's why, you know, some of these have just become such giant phenomena, um, you know, where it used to be, I think, you would have these films where maybe once every couple of years, like Michael Moore would have a big documentary or Morgan uh, Spurlock, but it wasn't, you know, now there's just so much more and they're entering the popular consciousness a lot more, but we'll see how much they've entered our consciousness uh, <laughs> when, but uh, I got my, um, I got my uh, yellow sticky here with uh, my guess for what I think uh, Steve Melching's going to pick, but we'll see if I'm right as Steve picks our documentary pick for Monday. Well, I, I bet your pick is probably at least one of my five, my top four. So, so my pick for Monday is a movie that, um, it's one that I find myself revisiting regularly. Like some documentaries, you watch them once and it, that's enough, you know, it's, it's so powerful or it's so depressing or maybe it's just not interesting enough to watch a second time. But this one is one that I, I've probably watched a couple dozen times since it came out because it is, uh, at its heart, a really human story that I think anyone can relate to on one level. It's a story of friendship and family and dreams and uh, trying to overcome uh, obstacles uh, to, 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 to create something that... Uh, despite all the odds and despite no one believing in you and, you know, and what happens if that's something you're creating isn't good, <laughs> you know, isn't very good oh. or successful. So my movie uh, is from 1999 and it's called American movie. Yep. 
his whole life is making this one film. You, you have two hours tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and be an extra in a film? You get your name on the credits, man, as a producer. I think my mom's gonna have to end up going out in the woods. I have my shopping to do. Okay, you gotta spread apart that way. All of the extras have just fell through, except for Mike Shank right there. We used to do a lot of partying together, but I don't party anymore. <laughs> hey, Mike, make sure everyone has brown gloves. Does everyone have brown gloves? No, dude, dude, dude. And this is nice. the story of Mark Borchardt, uh, Mark Borchardt a, uh, a, a struggling filmmaker from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, who is from a, a working class family. Um, he has his struggles with uh, alcoholism and, uh, and trying to, to realize his childhood dream of being a filmmaker. And he's, he's obsessed with horror films and art films. And he's, he's obsessed with making these kind of alternating between his, his, uh, his, his horror film, Coven, or coven, uh, <laughs> ostensibly about a, a, a satanic coven uh, in the northwestern woods. And his magnum opus, his great American drama, Northwestern, a, a gritty, you know, rust belt uh, character drama. And uh, he, he needs the money to make this, this feature film, Northwestern. He doesn't have the funds so he decides that if he finishes making his short film Coven, he can sell copies of it in order to raise in the horror market in order to raise the money to make Northwestern. So he, he recruits anyone he can find. And he's got his best friend, Mike Shank, who is a, a guitarist who has obviously suffered, suffered some kind of brain damage from his, his drug use. And, but he's this really sort of gentle, charming simple but big-hearted guy who really wants to help his best friend realize his dream and that relationship I've always found very touching uh and um and he recruits his you know he, anyone he can find that can operate the camera he recruits into his film at one point he has his mother it's just him and his mom and he's trying to get his last shots and his mom, who doesn't know anything about filmmaking, is you know running the camera and trying to explain what she's seeing through the viewfinder. Or he gets his kids to help him run the camera. Or you know, and he, he pulls together his crew from 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 friends and, and locals who are have a mild interest in making films, but really have very little idea of what they're doing. And uh, against all odds, because of Borchardt's incredible passion, his infectious passion, his drive, uh, his force of personality, his perseverance, uh, and a little bit of financial help from his uncle Bill, who by contrast is this much older man who has given up on all his dreams. And it's really kind of sad and poignant. This guy, you know, he lives in a trailer and yet he's supposedly got 300 grand in the bank, but he, he, he doesn't really have anything to live for. He just kind of exists where, whereas Mark is driven to, to try to realize his dream. And, uh, and he, he does uh, finish Coven uh, by the end of it. And, and I'm proud to say that I bought a copy of Coven on that. I still have autographed on VHS uh, after the, uh, after the film was made. So uh, that's my pick Coven. COVID, American wow. movie, the <laughs> making of COVID, the making of Northwestern. I'm, uh, I'm heartbroken because, you know, 
I should have seen it coming because uh, you really have always loved that movie. I guess I had we a saw it together. Of, do you remember? Yeah, we, we, we I, I do remember. I remember who and we saw it with. You did not so. like it, as I recall. I did not like it. I still don't <laughs> like it, and that's why I think I had a block up. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't like it. So my pick eh, is wrong. Let me tell you what my two picks for you were. Um, and no, I, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. No, save no, it. No, don't. Yeah, save well, it. Yeah. Save really? it till later because you it may know. be one of our picks. You, yeah. You're not you picking. You're not picking. You're not picking these movies. You're not picking these. How movies. do you know? Oh, I you know. don't know. You don't even know, know what you. Steve picked. I I, I could have. I could have. I would have. Um, but but save, way, it, save it for Friday. Okay, that's fine. But I have to say, I got an email today at four uh, thirty uh, movie dot com uh, for um, from one of our listeners, Landrew, and this is so funny. This, this is really funny because. You know how I say, oh, I know what Steve's going to pick. He he has us pegged. He wrote this great letter. He says, now that I think about it, it would be really surprising um, if you guys did a 4.30 movie week on perfect movies where direction, music, story, it's, it's just a perfect movie. He says, but I oh. think I can predict what your picks are. And he said, Steve Melching would go with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Darren would go with Adventures of Robin Hood or maybe The Wizard of Oz. Ashley, I got no fucking idea. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, he, I, I, and, and he goes, and you're going with either Casablanca or North by Northwest, and Friday you'd pick Star Wars. I said, now that guy knows us. You know what? He's, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I, my pick would have either been Raiders of the Lost Ark or Back to the Future. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I guess we I, can't do that week now because we've revealed. Uh, no, I think we can do it. I think I think we can do it. But, I think uh, we can do it if we pick completely different movies. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. But Darren, did, did he? Does he have you nailed? No, I don't think those two movies are perfect movies at all. Mm. Yeah. So screw you, Landrew. Now, now, now we love them, but they are imperfect. Because <laughs> <Wow. laughs> they have not touched are. the creator. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I guess the red hour will have to wait. So uh, <laughs> well, he definitely got me right. <laughs> I, I I just thought that was a great email or, yeah, or awesome. dang that, that he really that, that's somebody who really gets the show. And that's, that's uh, frightening. Yeah, Actually. yeah. I thought I thought it, I thought it was great. And but Landrew uh, knows all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley will pick Roadhouse and <laughs> peace and, and tranquility. tranquility. In the body. <laughs> and he's probably right. I probably would have picked Casablanca. Okay. So. <laughs> no, you would have picked North by Northwest because I would have picked Casablanca before you. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll save it. We'll save it for things. Okay. So, Steve, um, great pick. Darren, do you have anything you want to say? Because I know you're a fan of that movie, too. I'm not really a fan of that movie. I, I enjoy the subject matter, and I, I enjoy the wackiness of it. But... Uh, no, it, it's just too uncomfortable to watch for me. Because mm. uh, I, I knew too many of those people. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, just like the person that came with us to that movie, who we found out that Steve had dated, I had dated, Joel LaFleur had dated. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's right. Now, that's a documentary I want to yeah. watch. I mean, obviously, you know. Yeah, that was wildly that was weird. Edited, uh, yeah. That was weird. That was weird. Yeah. Okay. When, when, when I learned it, no, yeah. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. No. Uh, <laughs> as we moving on. So, uh, uh, a not entirely surprising pick from Steve Melching, uh, yeah. but an interesting one, I will say. 
uh, which brings us to Tuesday and Darren Dockerman. And I'm very curious to see what Darren has to say. I've already gone through two choices since we've started recording. Mm. Um, and I'm on the third now. So I'm going with the third um, because it's something that I completely forgot about. But when Steve was talking about this, I started thinking, oh, I know what I'm going to pick. And here it is. Um, in the late 60s, there was a uh, comic artist who was the, uh, the, basically the leader of the underground, the, uh, the uh, anti-establishment uh, artist. He was uh, located in San Francisco, and he put out a lot of underground comics. And his name was known as R. Crumb, Robert Crumb. When I was drawing this, there was this young girl there, and she was 11. Oh, isn't that cute? And to me, it was just, it was all like a horror show, this whole thing. And she just thought it was really cute and happy looking to me. It was just like a drawing of the horror of America. And in 1995, there came out a disturbing, entertaining, uh, frightening, uh, couple of uh, weeks spent with Robert Crumb just hanging out and uh, following him on his uh, on his uh, journey and visiting with his uh, his very disturbed family members uh, finding out his uh, his deepest fears and uh, and uh, finding out how really screwed up this poor guy is and uh, it's amazing the movie is called Crumb and uh, it is uh, really a, a, an in-depth look into the psyche of this man um, who, for all intents and purposes, is insane. Uh, he is a functional, insane person. Um, and he's, uh, you know, under uh, medication and all sorts of things, but he's always been screwed up. But... When you see his family, he's the least screwed up person from his family. We meet, uh, we meet his older brother who would torture him when they were young. His older brother was arguably a better artist than him and uh, sort of introduced uh, Robert to um, the world of drawing and, and drawing. they would draw comic books together. And, uh, but we see that through these comic books that they show us um, his brother's progression deeper into psychosis and it's really frightening and you can see this his style of drawing change into something very surreal and very disturbing that it's coming from the the pit of his darkest uh, uh, psyche um, but it's interesting because you can see how uh, Robert Crumb emerged from all this and survived and kind of got a handle on his problems and was able to channel that into his creativity and to uh, basically exorcise his demons through his art. And it's a really fascinating documentary. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it follows him uh, on uh, a time where he is uh, planning on a big move to France. He's leaving the United States and uh, he's uh, trying to get away from all this uh, bullshit, basically. Um, 
it's fascinating and disturbing and wonderful to find out about this uh, very talented but uh, uh, haunted man. And Terry Zweigoff directed that, didn't he? That That's correct. Best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who's also a quirky individual. Well, I, it's it, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, that's a great pick. I, I remember I was working, you know, in the Film Thread office then. I was doing Sci-Fi Universe and Film, and that was right around when Crumb was happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were very close with Terry. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a fascinating documentary. I'm not surprised it's your pick. I wouldn't have guessed it, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, and it's a great pick and, and a really terrific documentary. Um, that's the, awesome. Yeah, I agree. I remember seeing that. I haven't. I don't think I've seen it since, but I, I saw it in the theaters when it was out, and uh, mm -hmm. I really liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was a fascinating character study uh, of this of this really you know important underground artist uh, of the time. Mm. So that brings us to Wednesday, and dare I say it, Ashley Edward Miller. So uh, it's up to you now. What's in the box, right, guys? What's, what's in the box? <sighs> I struggled with this, guys. And, and it's funny because my, my struggle took on multiple forms. The first struggle was... A giant and moving Torg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, Star Wars, it took place in a galaxy far, far, far away. It was real, right? <laughs> it was like the, the extra features on... Um, Ace Ventura. Um, <laughs> it's train. It's train arriving at a station, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It right. You know what? That would have been awesome if it were. First documentary. I wish I had thought of that because that would be out of the box. No, but I, at first I was like, I don't know, man. I don't watch documentaries. Like, I'm not that guy. And then when I thought about it, I realized, no, I do watch documentaries. I just. And then I had this whole list of them that I wanted to talk about, and and then I thought, well. They're all a little squirrely. Um, and uh, I struggle with, but th though there was one that I thought that, uh, that, that Darren might pick because I remember him bringing it up. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Can I, King of Kong, right? You thought he was going to bring it no, up? No, I didn't think he was King of Kong. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and I can, I mean, I, I, I can tell you what I thought it was, but I don't want to step on anything you're going to say. You won't trust me. Okay. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> Darren was going to bring up uh, a movie called Tim's Vermeer. Oh, yeah. That's a great uh, one. I think I already is, mentioned it on this show. Yeah, yeah, I was a little concerned that maybe you had. So I went and I kind of I, I looked it up. I didn't see evidence that you had, but I, but I feel like it was brought up. Um, it's, a, it's a terrific film. It's, it's not going to be my pick. Um, <laughs> so there are, there are three documentaries that kind of spoke to me on a, on a very personal level for for different reasons. Um, and I don't know, man, like it's, God, it's like part of me just wants to say, I want to pass until March. I want to be Thursday this week so I can still keep thinking about this. But, it, but I guess, what's the point of this podcast? The point of this podcast <laughs> no, is, beats the heck out of me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's risk is our business, right? That's what this podcast is about. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to tell people that's about why movie. we record her. That's, that's <laughs> right. It's like we we want people to go out and watch these movies because we think they matter because they mm -hmm. matter to us. So right. if I'm going to use that 
um, as we you know, the, offer the world. Yes, exactly. Um, if, if if that's going to be the razor for me on this, then all right. Um, I've got to go with one of the most depressing documentaries I have ever seen, honestly. Um, and it's uh, seriously, this is not me going like, "Hey, I'm setting us up for a joke." Like it's it's no kidding. It's it is harrowing uh, to watch. Um, it's a 2013 documentary, um, set in, uh, in West Virginia. Uh, it's about the oxycodone, uh, addiction, uh, epidemic, really. It's called Oxiana. A lot of the stuff that happens here is just not normal. You know, half of my graduating class is dead, and I'm 23 years old. I love it because of the way it makes me feel and how it takes everything away, but I hate it because of what it's doing to me and what it's doing to the people around me. I've done horrible things for dope. They call it Oxiana. I mean, it's the name, name of it. Oceana used to be such a wonderful place to live. There's this darkness that has come over it. And I think in a way it's even affected the natural beauty of this place. Um, and it's very hard to watch because what you're really seeing is a, a place in the world, a little town where time has stopped moving in just so many ways. And there is nothing for the for the people who who live there they 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 don't really have jobs they do but they they don't like they the economy is is nothing it's in the shitter it's 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 2013 man it's you know it, it, there's they they don't have anything in front of them that's the message right now look you may sit back and say okay once you get outside of the documentary context and you're dealing with people people have things in front of them but the story that's being told in the documentary is about people who do not see future because every day of the past looks exactly the same to them and they deaden the pain with a drug that's easy to get because all you have to do is get a dentist to write a prescription that's all you have to do. And it tells the story of how oxycodone um, just destroyed Patrick the lot. Patrick McNee? Patrick McNee, right? Is it oxycodone? It's 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 oxycotton is the is the um, is the what you call it? It's the hormone in your head that makes you fall in love. But thank you for right. playing. But oxy, <laughs> oxycodone is the drug. Yes, oh, is oxy- that right? yes, oxycodone is you the drug. You can tell from my copious experience with the, <laughs> yes, the drugs. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Of course, it's like, as one of my friends uh, once said about it, um, it's like there are two devils, cocaine and oxy, mm. and oxy hates you. Right. Um, and it's you just watch it. There's uh, one of have the a, main have characters. Have a couple root canals, you'll find out. Yeah, exactly. Like One of the one of the main subjects, I mean, not characters, I guess he's a character, but subjects of this documentary, it, 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 it kind of lays out how the drug led to basically the the destruction of his entire family generationally like the violence that it led to the violence inside the family um and it's just i i can't recommend this to you as a film that's going to make you feel like wow it's 
awesome to be people. It, it's not going to leave you that way. But what it will do is open up your eyes to a whole side of America that you have no idea exists and that, you know, these are real people and they have real lives and, you know, they hurt. And, you know, it speaks to me because, you know, there's there's a lot in my, my family history that's very hillbilly elegy, man. And, you know, I, like, my family comes from a, a place that's, thank God, is, is not racked, uh, you know, by that uh, particular demon. It, it's not, it's not possessed in that way, but but I can see the outlines of it. Um, I see a lot of there, but for the grace of God, go I in this film. And it's it's incredibly powerful. Once you stop watching, even though I think you'll want to stop, you also, you just won't. You just won't because your heart will go out to these people. Would you say um, that you are become the it. addicted to it? You become addicted to it. Yes, and then you watch it every day, but then you have to watch it a little bit longer because the next time you watch it, it just doesn't feel the same way <laughs> as the first time. Uh, no, it's it's a, it's truly terrific, um, and I, you know, if you if you've if you've got, you know, if you've got the intestinal fortitude to handle it, then um, then I would say seek it out and watch it. Oxiana, two thousand thirteen, it's excellent. Well, I'm definitely going to seek this out because I, as you may know, I have a high tolerance for really depressing, serious, sobering <laughs> documentary subject matter. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think I've even heard of this one, but it reminds me a little bit of a um, PBS Frontline did a three-part uh, series called Country Boys uh, back in the 90s that followed a group of of teenagers in uh, in Appalachia and, and followed their you know, their lives, which was really illuminating and, and really kind of sad and depressing. Like the, you know, what prospects do these poor guys had just by virtue of being born, you know, into that area. And, you know, they're doing the best they can given the terrible schools and the, the lousy home lives that they have and, and how they, they struggle to try to get out of there and most of them fail it's really hard to get out of situations like that for mm -hmm. a variety of reasons the feel-good uh -huh. movie of the summer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i uh, i haven't heard of it either <laughs> and uh that's what's great about the show is that you can bring you know underseen gems like this to um not only the attention of the audience but to us yeah so that's again it's fantastic. like i can't say you're gonna love it but I will say that that in in the wow, I you know you're not gonna watch it and well, great, you, but, you help me but, pick my film, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's good. Um, okay, so Thursday. Well, first of all, like I said, you know, it, since Ashley has just turned this into a downer of a week, <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I'm not gonna go with Showa. That was, okay. um, I mean, also, the, you know, that was sort of clear the board show is nine hours. It would just, I'd do the right. whole week, <laughs> you know, so, so I'm not going to go with show Claude Landsman's um, amazing documentary about the Holocaust in which he uses no archival footage and just uh, interviews at the time. This is you know, 30 years ago, um, survivors and surviving guards and um, uh, Nazis and and uh, survivors of the Holocaust. It's a really remarkable, but uh, like uh, Ashley said, not uh, not not the entertaining movie of the week. So we're we're not going to go with that. Um, Steve, 
I'm really, you put me in a, in a, a difficult position because I was so sure you were going to go with something that I didn't even plan on. And now I, I feel like this is, you know, now I feel terrible because this movie, more than anything this week, deserves it, which, of course, are the Michael Apted Up movies, which was, I was sure you were going to go with, particularly since Michael Apted passed away this week. Um, and, uh, you know, those are remarkable uh, documentaries that he updated um, on a consistent basis throughout his his life, and it's Updated. it's really sad. Yeah, it's um, a it's a monumental achievement, and and yeah. yes, that was one of the ones I was struggling. You know, that was on my short list because those I, I, those are truly iconic movies, and I'm I'm sad to say I haven't seen. I think the last two, 63 up came out last year or the year before. Yeah, how often did he update them? There are fifteen seven years. Seven years. Seven, seven years. So yeah. I, I saw 40, 47 up, mm. I think. Um, 47 up? 40, I mean, it's 40, really 49, a, 49 up, 49 up, because they're multiples it, of seven. It's really a monumental undertaking, those films, and that he managed to do it his, through his entire life. And, and you know, people would pass away, and uh, to see the way from kids uh, to, to teenagers to adults. To, uh, senior citizens. It's a remarkable series of movies. And again, you know, Michael Apted, who did Gorillas in the Mist and The World is Not Enough, he passed away recently. And, and um, although I think this is what he was most proud of. Oh, yeah. And it's sort of based on that maxim show me the child at seven, age seven, and I'll show you the man. And you could, you know, see like what the, how these children related to each other and what they were doing at age seven on the playground. Can you extrapolate what they're going to be like as? as adults and it's yeah. it's fascinating to watch these kids grow up over you know 63 years i mean it's incredible so you know my other guess was going to be for you which was incorrect <laughs> and i'm really disappointed in you because that you went with the american movie instead of the movie you should have gone with which was uh my best fiend Bert. no werner hurts well or, <laughs> that's or funny yeah grizzly, grizzly man, man. I thought you, oh I my god I thought yeah. you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna go, Grizzly Man. Those were the so, other two on my list. My Best Fiend, which is Werner Herzog's documentary about his relationship with Klaus Kinski, Klaus. Mm -hmm. which is fantastic, and of course the Great Grizzly Man, which is the story of um, oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. The uh, the bear lover uh, who uh, would travel up to the Alaskan wilderness to spend time with the grizzly bears and document them. Uh, mm -hmm. Does not end well. <laughs> no, and it's fascinating. I, you know, yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I, Herzog has yeah. made so many great documentaries. I, Werner Herzog is someone that I came to in film school watching things like, you know, Aguirre, The Wrath of God and Fitzcarraldo. And the suddenly, Mandalorian. And The Mandalorian. <laughs> but then suddenly along the line, like he started making these incredible documentaries like, you know, The White Diamond or Encounters at the End of the World or Cave of Forgotten Dreams. He's made these fantastic documentaries. I just watched his most recent one about meteors. Um, that's on, uh, I think it's on HBO With Sean Connery and Brian Keith. Yes. Yeah. Um, See, Steve, he, your, your description of your movie, um, up until the very last moment, was describing Burden of Dreams. Yes, Burden, another, well, not made by Herzog. <laughs> not but made by Herzog, but featuring Herzog. Yeah, about the uh, the making of Fitzcarraldo, which mm -hmm. is a fantastic, if you ever want to see a movie about the, the struggles to make a movie, like that one's a great one, Burden of Dreams, and the one about Apocalypse Now, um, uh, oh, Hearts of Darkness, which was one of my other choices, yeah. yeah. 
Both you know fantastic. what I thought you you know what I thought you were gonna pick speaking of movies about movies, Darren? Yeah. I thought you were gonna go with Jodorowsky's Dune. Uh, no. I hate Jodorowsky's Dune. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I think that I think that we all dodged a huge bullet um, <laughs> for that movie never coming to pass. Well, I uh, agree. I think it would have been a terrible Dune adaptation, but the documentary, documentary I think is, is fantastic. I love I, it. I, I, I don't I don't agree. It just it just shows what a <laughs> complete nutcase he is. <laughs> well, and, and I, I don't I don't enjoy that. Shows I don't what enjoy a that nutcase he is. Well, that's I, true. I, 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 and Jodorowsky's Dune actually inspired our sister podcast, Best Movies Never Made. Absolutely. It was by Steven Scarlatta. That's and correct. And I went to Steve and I said, you know, it's such a terrific movie. I said, would you want to do this on a weekly basis as a podcast? And him and Josh Miller, you know, uh, uh, said yes. And they've been doing an amazing show, uh, you know, just finding incredibly un all these un unproduced films that they've been covering over the last couple of years. And it's been fantastic. But I'm sorry, we distracted you from Thursday, Mark. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, Thursday. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, it's funny because, like I said, uh, Ashley really helped me out because I know I don't want to go with something depressing now. You know, I'm not going to go. And, you know, I think I'm not going to go with one of the great concert docs like Woodstock or, or Stop Making Sense, Last Waltz. Although, I mean, this is another thing I thought Steve was going to pick. Searching for Sugar Man. That was the other thing I thought you might That pick. was on my list as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I also love 20 Feet from Stardom, but I'm not going to go with a concert film or a music film. Um, you know, Steve, you recommended on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I watched it, and I loved it. It's not going to be my pick, but I highly recommend it. Class Action Park on <laughs> HBO Max. <laughs> oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. So entertaining. If you want to see a documentary, it's entertaining until it's not. You know what I, I mean? And I don't mean that the movie gets bad. I mean, it gets really depressing. It's really funny. And it's like, it's not funny until someone gets hurt, you know? And it's like, it's really, you know, at the end, you feel guilty for having laughed so hard at the whole thing. That's that documentary um, about, what was it called? Action Park? Class Action Park. Did you ever yeah, go yeah, there? Yeah. Did you ever go to Action Park, Mark? No, but I remember the commercials. Yeah. I remember, I never went there, because it was like, it was all the way in New Jersey. It was a schlep. And I wasn't, in, you know, I'm not, I liked, uh, like, you know, safe parks where I wasn't going to get killed. Like, jung no. like jungle habitat. Like jungle habitat <laughs> and, and great adventure. Great adventure where you're part of the fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was not going to Action Park, let me tell you. And even though I wanted to, there was no way my parents were letting me go to Action Park. Um, but I, I, do re I do remember the commercials. And boy, is that an entertaining documentary. But that, that's not my pick. So um, really, really difficult time. And again, I, I thank you because, you know, I was considering bowling for Columbine, but again, you know, about uh, the gun culture in America. I'm not a fan of Michael Moore as a person. I do like his documentaries, but, you know, w you know, we, we saw him at Telluride a couple of times. Not the friendliest guy. You know, the, 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 the icon is not necessarily the guy. And, um, uh, you know, I think his more recent stuff is, is, isn't as interesting. But I want to go with something... Fun, which is another film we saw at Telluride, which I love. And we, we couldn't do Documentary Week without mentioning him at least once. Errol Morris, The Fog of War. Remember oh. Robert McNamara was there? Remember that? Yeah. That was crazy. Because Telluride doesn't announce what's going to play there until you get there. 
And it was like, oh, we're going to be showing Errol Morris's new documentary, The Fog of War, and his guest is going to be Robert McNamara. You know, actually, I mean, it was like, un, it was incredible. And the documentary is fantastic, but also a little depressing. And you go sort of parse what's real and what's, you know, him, him attempting to burnish his legacy. Um, so um, I think I want to go with something that's just wildly entertaining, you know, um, because, uh, you know, we've had a little uh, too much de depression for this week. Um, there's a documentary that I absolutely adore and I went back to watch it because it's not on digital. It's not on Blu-ray. It's only on DVD. Um, and I couldn't find it. And I know I have it somewhere. Uh, it's called Z channel, a magnificent obsession. Oh. And it, it's all about the Z channel in Los Angeles. Now this existed before I moved out here. This was sort of like, um, this was, you know, uh, the the promised land. It was it was before HBO. Before it was like they showed all these great movies. Sort of like Criterion Channel meets HBO meets meets you know, like the four thirty movie. If it was a whole network, yeah. And I just and it was like, and it was it, it was it, it was a it, it, you know a, a short lived thing that burned brightly. That it only existed in California and Los Angeles. Um, and they just made um, FX, the late FX Feeney, who's featured prominently in it, made this amazing documentary directed by Zan Cassavetes about the Z Channel. And um, it's just wildly entertaining. And unfortunately, I, I couldn't find the DVD. Um, and so I can't speak to it with any kind of, but it's been a long time since I watched it. Um, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. So, okay. So um, it's come down to two things for me. Um, the first is... Um, the brilliant Oscar-winning um, Man on Wire about mm -hmm. Philip Petit, who um, basically uh, tightrope walks between the two Twin Towers. It was adapted into a film by Robert Zemeckis called um, The Wire, uh, Man on Wire. Wait, no, Wire, The Wire, which is not at all good and doesn't do justice to this incredible documentary. Although I remember in 3D, like the last 20 minutes where he actually does the tightrope tight walk, is actually, you know, fun, but the movie's like way over the top and it doesn't have like the heart and the sense of accomplishment and uh, just the, the elegy for the Twin Towers in retrospect that, you know, that Man on Wire uh, has, which is just sensational. And, just and sensational. also at times plays like a heist movie because like how they get mm -hmm. into the towers and all the, the equipment that they need and the idea of, you know, shooting an arrow across between the two buildings to like, you know, string the wire across. It's nuts. It's so good and so uh, well told um, uh, that I, I, I'm inclined to go with that because my other two picks are um, <laughs> my other movie picks. stuff. Well, you already did anime. You already you already did a movie a movie documentary, right? Mm -hmm. And my, the, the the two the two movie documentaries that I love love love, which which would compete with Man of War, are of course Mark Hartley's Electric Boogaloo about the history of canon films, which pound for pound might be the most entertaining, funniest, outrageous um, story. Not to be confused with the Go-Go Boys, which was the, the one that Golan and Globus actually made about themselves or had <laughs> made, which, which doesn't tell the real story. Whereas Electric Boogaloo is, spares no, you know, no, you know <laughs> it's vicious. In, in the best way. And it deals with all these awful movies, everything from, you know, the missing in action movies to um, uh, 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 Life Force uh, to, um, um, you know, uh, Last American Virgin, the Wicked Lady. I mean, just all these awful movies and the Superman 4. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's such an incredible 
a story really well told with like a plethora of clips. So um, I love that. But I'm going to go my pick this week. Um, and I'm breaking what I said. I wasn't going to go with the movie, but I have to. Even though the audio book is better, I'm going to go with the brilliant Brett uh, Morgan and Nanette Bernstein documentary about Robert Evans. Uh, the kid stays in the picture. It was the beginning of the golden era of the new Hollywood. And me, I was lucky to be part of it. My name is Robert Evans. Stardom found him. Big splash. New York businessman dives into pool and comes out movie star. Hollywood seduced him. Where does the next actor and a bad one at that come off running a studio? Success defined him. Godfather. Paramount didn't want to make the film. I think there were more pregnancies over a love story than any film ever made. Chinatown? First draft of the script. Nobody understood it. Which I adore, and it's beautifully told. Um, they, they pioneered the uh, the 3D um, that Ken photo. Burns kind of photo montage where the, the the photos almost seem to come to life. It's it's stunningly directed. It, 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 Robert Evans narrates his own story. You know, look, the the audio book is better just because it's probably about eight hours longer. Right. So it gets into a lot more detail, but I love the documentary. It's coming out from Kino Lorber on Blu-ray, I think, uh, next month. But the DVD and digital is out uh, now, and uh, I just think it's fantastic. I'm fascinated by the late Robert Evans. I always have been. Uh, his story is both uh, uh, tragic and also inspirational, and um, I just think it's. I think it's a great, great documentary. And, uh, you know, he's just, he was one in a million. There's, there was no one, uh, no one like Robert Evans. And, and uh, the way he tells his story, I mean, it's, it's full of hyperbole, but it also, uh, it all happened. It's, it's hard to believe, you know. There's I mean, so three sides stories. to every story. Your side, yeah. my side, and the truth. And no one is lying. No one is which lying. Is a, which yeah. is actually, I use that in the Star Trek book because um, in 50-Year Mission because, uh, you know, a lot of times it's like Rashomon. People tell different stories and everyone thinks they're right. Nobody's intentionally distorting the truth. It's their own subjective perspective. So uh, my, my choice for Thursday, after much Sturm and Drung, very, <laughs> very, very difficult, is going to be The Kid Stays in the Picture um, about uh, the, the life of... Uh, Robert Evans, the adaptation of his brilliant book, but it really became a phenomenon because of the audio book where he right. read his own audio book. And, uh, uh, you know, nobody talks like him. You know, it's like uh, the, the way he says. Uh, Unless you're uh, Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Bob Odenkirk's uh, 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 recording session with God? Oh, no, no. <laughs> he, he, he does a recording session of God um, basically doing his own autobiography. And oh, it sounds funny. exactly like Robert Evans. That's hilarious. You bet your ass I did. <laughs> <laughs> I worked six days and I rested the seventh. You bet I did. You <laughs> That's hysterical. That's hysterical. So that brings us that brings us to Friday. And you know, we're not done yet. There's so many great films that we haven't I even promise you we're not on. finished yet. <laughs> I I wanna um, throw I wanna throw a couple out that I saw in the theater when I was much younger. Um the That's Entertainment movies. Oh, oh yeah. Hmm. They're not really documentaries. It's compilation movies, Well, though. yeah, but they are documentaries because they have introductions by all the, you know, remaining living MGM yeah. stars on the back lot before it was all torn down. Yeah, and that's true. That's so true. it gives you a really sort of, uh, you know, bittersweet look at the end of an era. 
and it documents the you know the closing down of of Hollywood as we knew it from that time and it's yeah. really it's really interesting to see all the the vast array of of movies that they put out in those days mm. and the way that the studio system kind of worked and it's it's fascinating and i i always enjoyed you know i watched it when i was what it came out when i was 9 or 10 something like that uh, it was just amazing to watch and and have a perspective on you know See? what the movie business was like when you said something you watch as kids, I thought you were going to say "In Search of Historic Noah's Ark" or "In Search of <laughs> Which case, no, no, yeah, it's, I'm in. It's, 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 no, it's in Search of Historic Jesus and In oh, Search yeah. of Noah's Ark from yeah, Sun yeah. Classic Pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that's where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, I wonder was, if you can even get those. You know, if they're even on. The Sun uh, Classic Pictures movies? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen them in. You know, if forever. they are, we when when this pandemic is over, we should get together and we should all watch absolutely Sun, Sun Classic Pictures night and just yeah. watch some of those old, cruddy pre in search of documentaries. <laughs> that would be so fun. That would be that would be very funny, and, and and then watch the Bigfoot episode of Six Million Dollar Man. Right, <laughs> hell yeah! <laughs> I have I have one more suggestion for Friday. It's a very recent one. Um, it's uh, it can be found on HBO Max right now. It's uh, the documentary on the Bee Gees. How can you oh, mend a broken heart? It's terrific. Which is absolutely amazing and gives you a a really a widespread look at the Bee Gees through the late '60s when they were hanging around with the Beatles. And uh, and all through the '70s, as they, you know, basically, uh, uh, you know, put a huge explosion onto the uh, music uh, industry, and were later uh, pilloried by it. So it's it's really fascinating to watch, and it's a tragic story about you know these brothers who, uh, you know, there's only one left. And it's uh, it's really touching and really well done. Uh, directed by Frank Marshall, of course, who uh, worked on so many Spielberg projects. Doctor Fantasy. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrific movie, and I, I always kind of liked the Bee Gees. They're always kind of a guilty pleasure for me. Sure. But after watching this documentary, I'm not so guilty about it anymore. Yeah. I like the freaking Bee Gees. They're yeah. fun. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. You, you started a joke, Steve. It was heard all <laughs> around the world. Um. But you should be <laughs> dancing. Um, that, no, I, I got to watch it. I'm, I'm dying to watch it. And, and, and uh, you see, that's what we were talking about. It's like HBO Max, you got the Bee Gees documentary. You got Class Action Park. On Hulu, you know, you have, um, you know, Three Identical Strangers. Oh, yeah, that's a good uh, one. You know, um, uh, and then, of course, uh, back on, um, on, uh, on Netflix, you got Icarus. So, I mean, you got an, an, an RBG about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. So, I mean, so many of these great things. I couldn't put Super Size Me on the list because, you know, I, I would like to eat McDonald's again at some point. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> so, here's one uh, I was going to, this was, I was down to the wire on this pick. And this is the one I don't think any of you have even heard of. Uh, it's called, it's from 1986. It's called Sherman's March. A meditation on the possibility of romantic love in the South during an area of during an era of nuclear weapons proliferation, and it's this fascinating movie about this documentary filmmaker named Ross McElwee, who uh, had just broken up with a, a, a longtime girlfriend and uh, wanted to make a movie about documenting the lingering effects of Sherman's march to the sea from the Civil War in the mm. modern South. And so he travels down to retrace the steps of Sherman's 
army and interviews all these strange people and ends up getting involved in relationships with several women along the way. And it's this, this really sort of slice of like a year in this guy's life doing mm. that. And it's this really kind of meditative, wistful, odd journey. And it's one of those movies that I stumbled across on Bravo or something on cable in the nineties mm. and was it just had like a hypnotic effect on me. I was just fascinated because it's just got a very languid pace to it. It's not flashy at all. And, uh, and it's one of, like every time it came on, it's one of those things I just had to keep watching every time I mm. switched channels and came across it uh, until I bought the DVD. Right. Speaking of Sherman's March, would you consider Atomic Cafe a documentary or something else? Because of course, mm. Atomic Cafe, you know, uses all this old 50s, duck and cover um, uh, featurettes right. the, and the then public service films made. public service and, and, and nuclear explosions. And, and it's like a, a sort of a, te- a look back at that weird fifties era of, um, you know, but it's all vintage footage. I mean, and it, but it's not really telling a story as much as it's like capturing that era. So I don't know if I'd call it a documentary, but I, boy, I love the atomic cafe. Along those lines, uh, there's another one uh, that came out in 1994, which uses, um, you know, declassified footage of nuclear explosions called Trinity Mm. and Beyond by Mm -hmm. uh, my friend Pete Curran. And uh, it's narrated by William Shatner. And uh, it's it's really fascinating and really spooky and uh, such beautiful uh, restorations of this uh, documentary footage that was shot during the testing. Um, mm. It's really, it's really uh, frightening and and wondrous at the same time. And it, it has a score that is fantastic. Yeah. Right? the score for that has been part of my writing playlist for years. It's this it's, really lush orchestral. It's by a friend of mine, uh, William Stromberg, who is yeah. an amazing, amazing uh, uh, composer. Yeah, not Carl really. Stromberg, who is an not amazing ocean biologist. <laughs> That's right, or um, <laughs> Carl Stricken, <laughs> who, who, who was Lurch. Well, yeah. I. Um, you know, my, my almost number two pick was also um, The War Room, which uh-huh. is Chris Hedges mm-hmm. and D.A. Pennebreaker's uh, chronicle of the 1992 uh, campaign for president, where they followed Bill Clinton and mostly uh, George James, Stephanopoulos and James, James Carville. Carville around. Right. And James Carville is, you know, as great as any fictional character in any movie. You yeah. know, he is just so interesting to follow around. And um, it's a really terrific fly on the wall documentary at first is uh he they're defeating um you know the primaries up in uh, new hampshire um and uh i remember god who he's running against he was running against um oh god songus to think that anyone was going to vote for songus at the time and then of course it's about him running for office uh you know for the presidency against george hw bush who was trying to get a second term and you could just see you know they were sort of stuck in first gear when these young turks were you know evolving the nature of the of, of a political campaign and it's a really terrific and sort of candid um uh documentary and wildly entertaining i think criterion uh put it out a couple of years ago and it's it's what a wonderful documentary um also Ezra it's, it's the economy it's the economy stupid it's the economy stupid yeah i mean just turning things into bite-sized attacks and you know it's like carville knew from the beginning that you know the the no new taxes. Read read my lips. That was the end of of H. You know H. W. Bush. It was. It's a really for anybody who's a political junkie. Um, it's a terrific, uh, a terrific documentary. Also, Ezra Edelman's O. J. Made in America is fantastic. Oh. Came mm. out about the same time 
as the um, as as the FX series on right. the OJ trial. But um, it, it combines both a look at OJ and um, just the history of the civil rights struggle and racism in America. And it's really amazing uh, documentaries. It's, it's I, I don't even really. think the, the OJ murders happen until about hour four of that documentary because right. it gets so deep into the, uh, the police culture in Los Angeles and the history of L.A. It's fascinating. And I and it won the Oscar, which is weird because it premiered on ESPN of all things. Yeah. But somehow it won the Oscar for best documentary. Uh, but I'm glad it did because it's pretty remarkable. I got a hard time with Friday this week because it, usually with these themes, it's like we can we can sort of identify a movie that that captures what the week is about. Mm. And I mean, this week is like, well, there's this documentary. It's good. I guess somebody could have nominated i mean even if it's great we're saying that right i mean and it, it's funny because you you know you, you mark your thursday pick i think probably would have ended up being a perfect friday pick just because if nothing else it's it's a it's a movie about movies i mean in my head it, you know i thought friday should be something like hearts of darkness um well i for, still think that yeah, if only you, for marlon brando saying i swallowed a bug <laughs> he is one of the most acclaimed and controversial filmmakers of all time. In 1979, his adaptation of Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness captured the horror of Vietnam and instantly became a classic. My film is not a movie. My film is not uh, about Vietnam. It is Vietnam. It's what it was really like. It was crazy. You know, a lot of these movies about movie making are glorified special features on a on, right. a, on a right. on a Blu-ray. Hearts of Darkness is not. It's Hearts a damn of movie. Darkness is a real movie, and I mean, it captures Martin Sheen's nervous breakdown in excruciating detail. Yeah. Um, and you really feel for him and and Coppola. Uh, I mean, you know, he, you know, that famous quote that Coppola has, you know, Apocalypse Now wasn't a movie about Vietnam. It was Vietnam, yeah. you know, and um, I, I could easily go with Hearts of Darkness, although obviously Documentary Week would be skewing heavily to movies about film. But maybe that's not a bad thing for the 430 movie, because like there's Visions of Light, which was Arnold Glassman and Todd McCarthy's film about cinematography. Problem with that is it's a film about cinematography that you can only get in standard def now. So it's like, who the hell wants to watch that? <laughs> and uh, and then, um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw this at the Cinematheque, but there was a long time where they didn't license the clips for um, Los Angeles Plays Itself. Mm. It's like this six-hour documentary about um, Los Angeles as seen uh, in in movies, it basically tells the story of Los Angeles and architecture and the you know the highway system and everything. Um, Tom Anderson's brilliant documentary, uh, but uh, eventually it was released uh, on home video and briefly I think on digital. But then there were problems because they didn't have the rights to the clips that, that are in it. It's like six hours. It's just all the stuff from the Exiles and uh, showing the old Bunker Hill before it was raised and. Um, uh, it's just a really uh, phenomenal for anybody's interest in the history of Los Angeles to use the history of film to yeah. tell. It's like the real Chinatown in a sense. Right. Um, it's, it's really a great documentary. Uh, you know, there's there's one more that I think that I mentioned on our first go around on this podcast when when we didn't know what it was. Um, I think I mentioned. We it. do now. 
<laughs> but it's uh, it's the documentary about a typeface, Helvetica. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I think I should mention it again because it's one of those things where you don't think it will be interesting, and it is. I mean, you know, granted, I'm sort of skewed in that direction. But Much like the first episode of this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating, and if you can find it, look it up. Did you guys see Noah Baumbach's uh, documentary about the Palma? I love that, too, but that's, a, that's more a movie maven thing because it's literally a camera interviewing De Palma in a bunch of clips. Mm. And I think De Palma is such – I think De Palma is a more interesting guy than he is a filmmaker. Like, I love his he, his ability to tell stories and his whole career, the way it evolved from being just a Hitchcock knockoff guy but, you know, to something more and then doing brilliant films like The Untouchables, which he was very – really wasn't able to ever do again, but he's such an interesting guy. I've always been fascinated by De Palma. I remember in high school, I used to like read like Double De Palma and all those books about him, but he's not a great filmmaker. He's a fascinating guy. And and I think that documentary is great. But again, it's another movie documentary. Yeah. You know what I bet everybody here loved, which could be good? I don't know if it's the greatest documentary, but I loved it. It's uh, Colin Hanks' All Things Must Pass about the history oh, Tower of Tower Records. Records. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing about that is, I mean, I know, I don't know, Ashley, but the, the three of us spent a lot of time at Tower Records over the years. Yeah. A lot yeah. of money. And, and, it's, and before we got to know each other. Yeah. yeah. This was in like the late 80s and the early 90s. Uh, Those of I you mean, playing at home, kids, it used to be that you'd have to go to special stores where they had physical objects right. that conveyed the music that you wanted to hear or the movies that you wanted to see or the books that you wanted to read. You had to hold them in your hand. You had to put them into things. This is like uh, a movie's toy. <laughs> I mean, I remember I used to go all the time to the one in, in Greenwich Village when I lived in New York. And then um, when I moved out here, I lived in Orange County, unfortunately, for mm. a year when I first moved out here. The first thing I did was find where Tower Records was. There was one in um, uh, um, Irving. Irvine, um, and I used to go there. Um, At and, the Fashion and, Center. Yeah, right near the Fashion Center, yeah. yeah. And, and then, of course, you know, the famous one on Sunset, yeah. which is where we would mostly go, um, you know, and uh, and then there was the great one up by you in Burbank that's no longer there, Well, too. it was... It, it was the, Ventura well, Boulevard. It, it was oh, Ventura that was Virgin. Boulevard. That was Virgin. That yeah. was Virgin Megastore. It was, yeah, it, uh, but on uh, on uh, Ventura Boulevard in oh, yeah. uh, Sherman Oaks. Right, yes, uh, there was that. Which was split into music and video. Well, yeah. just like the one on Sunset where they right. had Tower Video, across, which was always the worst. You go to the, the record one, you right. know, and then you have to cross the street to go <laughs> to the Laserdisc one or, you know, the, the ultimately the DVD well, it one. Was, it was both a shopping spree and an adventure. <laughs> it's a floor wax and a dessert top. Uh, and then, yeah, but, then there are then there are documentaries that actually changed things. Uh, you know, you could think of an inconvenient truth, which which really mm -hmm. helps spark a, a debate about uh, the environment. And then there's a, a series of documentaries called Paradise Lost about the the uh, uh, the West Memphis Three that helped exonerate these three teenagers who were wrongly accused of terrible murders and mm -hmm. were on death row. And this documentary basically got these kids a new trial and got them freed, mm -hmm. saved their lives. 
And then there's a, a movie that's the spiritual cousin to American movie that I've always been fond of, Anvil, the story of Anvil, about a Canadian heavy metal band that's sort of like a real-life spinal tap. And you, you're watching this thing, and you can't believe, like, is this a put-on? Is this a parody? Like, no, it's real. This is a real band that really came close to success and then just didn't quite make it. And it's a really heartwarming story about these friends who have this heavy metal band that are still still in the game you know they're in their mid, late middle age and they're still trying to they're still recording albums and still keeping that dream alive it's super entertaining well there are also so many great documentaries about war i mean going back to um the classic filmmakers during world war ii um when frank capra and those guys were doing the newsreels and shooting the footage of america at war but even more recently you have something like with vietnam with hearts and minds um and there's a great documentary about afghanistan oh god and what was it it was like, like last exit or what was mm. it called do you remember last exit what to the, brooklyn no, no it was that's it, a different thing it was um there's really remarkable um a documentary about afghanistan i'm trying to remember was it iraq Got it. I hear, and I don't. I'm embarrassed, but I do have the James Bond documentary "Everything or Nothing" by Stephen <laughs> Riley, which I thought was terrific. Um, and then there's one about George Lazenby, which right. is fun. Becoming Bond. This never happened to the other guy. Would have been well, a better title. They they interview <laughs> Lazenby, and, and then they do all these reenactments of his life, which are mm. pretty funny. Voiced um, by somebody with a really weird accent. Um, but you know, look, Woodstock. Um, you know. Uh, uh, then, then, of course, you have Last Waltz directed by Scorsese and 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 even maybe uh, more importantly, um, Stop Making Sense by Jonathan Demme. You know, we haven't done any sure. of these great concert documentaries uh, either. Um, which I think are, that I think voice. that's a separate week. Yeah, it's like I feel like we could probably start running down a massive list of every documentary ever made. <laughs> And we never gotta arrive at Friday. We have to like we have we gotta, to. Make a we pick. got we got to pick. We got to pick. And I would push for Jodorowsky's Dune, except that Darren is not on the train. I'll yeah. go along with it. You know, I'm easy. Just just for the just for the crossover appeal with best movies never made. Did we already pick that? No, no, I don't think so. For what Jodorowsky week? For a movie, yeah. movies about uh, movie Mexican making. filmmaker week? Movies about <laughs> movies. Movies about movie week. I think that's where I think oh, that's. Oh shit! Did we, did we right, pick that, it for movies about no, movies? No, we didn't. We, I think we discussed it that week, but we did oh, not okay. pick it. I just checked the list. Mm. Okay, then, thank you. Then it's got to be American reject. Vandal. <laughs> Dude, <yes. laughs> who drew the dicks? <laughs> it was the turd burglar. <laughs> American Vandal is a mockumentary series on, uh, where is it? Was it on Netflix? Netflix. On Netflix, yeah. Uh, uh, that's sort of a, a takeoff on the, uh, like, serial podcast. Just, you know, yeah. these For, kids, uh, like, you know, uh, but 48 hours, you know. Very funny. So, so what are we going to pick? I, so, I, I would go with Jersey Zoo because I don't think we're going to get any traction on the Michael Moore stuff. Like I would push for Bowling for Columbine or Fahrenheit 911, but um, but I, you know I have a feeling that we won't get there. So um, you know I think that uh, look I I'm, think we'd all feel I'm good fine. about Jodorowsky's Dune. I'm fine with Jodorowsky's Dune only because it uh, you know it features the great Ron Cobb. So yes, it does. It does, and Mobius, and Mobius, Jean Giro, but not Moby. He's a no, totally no. different dude. Moby's, Moby's not in there. Oh, God. And who's the other artist? Uh, uh, Chris Foss. Chris Foss. Yeah, yes. yeah. Chris Foss is in there, too. Yeah. And, of course, Dan um, O'Bannon. Yes. Who is not an artist. 
Yeah, he was. He was? Yeah, but he was he was the visual effects supervisor. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. I was I'm thinking of um what's his name? Who was the writer who The same person. Oh really? Yeah. Holy crap. I did not know that. Yeah, the writer of Dark Star. I did not know that. <laughs> Dur- director of Return I, of the Living Dead, which has never been on our show. And did and ton, again. tons of animated graphics for Star Wars. Yeah. I'll be damned. Okay. Fair enough. People can do more than one thing, Ashley. No, they can't. <laughs> do you think? You stop it. No. No, that's not true. That's it's impossible. impossible. <laughs> oh, man. See, I mean, this was a tough week, though. This is tough. I mean, a lot of... Lot, a lot of great things. We didn't so, even touch on, you know, Koyana Scotsy or, you know, those kind of movies. Or uh, No, we didn't. exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> Mayor of the Sunset Strip. Yeah, we're just listing. We're just listing we're movies just listing now. at this point. Just it's, lists. No. Well, because you know what's going to happen? All these people say, why didn't you mention this one? Or why yeah. didn't you mention that one? The I reason is we didn't. Didn't. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know yeah. what? You know, we could have gone with for Friday. We could have oh, gone with. We should have gone with Man on We should have gone with Man on Wire for Friday. Nah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Damn I mean, it, I should have picked. You know, I'd go to Joe Dowsey's Dune or Hearts of Darkness. You know what I mean? They're both great. Yeah, I, you know, wow. That's tough because I love Hearts of Darkness. And, and I remember seeing a Telluride outside in the park. Oh, man. That was awesome. And Eleanor Coppola was there. So good. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that documentary. Why don't we pick that, that then? <laughs> but but Steve Scarlata. <laughs> Wait, you want to go with Hearts of Darkness because you don't like Jodorowsky's Dune. Let's go with Hearts of Darkness. I, that was gonna. That was my. That was my original oh. pick. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I I relent. I relent. I, 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 I I'm taking back my vote for Jodorowsky's Dune. I'm going with the filmmakers' apocalypse. Uh, Hearts of Darkness because I swallowed a bug. What do you think, well. Steve? Are you it's, on board with this? Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Absolutely. Ashley, so say we uh, all. So say we all. Ashley's just overcome by the horror. B- before I start talking about the, the making of the island of Dr. Moreau, like, <laughs> with, like the poor guy you had to digitally erase Marlon Brando's nutsack from like every frame of film that he was in. Oh, See, well, this that- is what happens on this stupid week. Let's pick something. But that's a great documentary, Richard Stanley going and being an extra on his own movie when yeah. it was taken away from him and given to John Frankenheimer. Yes. Okay. But okay. Jodorowsky's so, Dune. There you go. No, Hearts of Darkness. No, Hearts of Darkness. <laughs> Jesus, can't you get it straight, Ashley? No. Okay. Anyway, so what are we doing? So Monday. <laughs> Monday Monday is uh, uh, is uh, American Movie, directed by Chris Smith. Tuesday, Darren Dockerman. Crumb. Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller. Feel good movie of the year, Oxiana. Thursday, it's the kid stays in the picture. And Friday, by popular demand, it's Hearts of Darkness, a filmmaker's apocalypse. What a week. We've said it before, but this is a hell of a week. I think we all you know, learned a lot. Yes. Well, I think for anybody who thinks documentaries, <laughs> look, there are people out there who probably think, oh, documentaries, they're boring. It's like being in school. You watch any of these movies and you will be just blown away. Documentary indeed, stupid. Truth <laughs> is stranger than fiction. <laughs> no, it's a great week. It's a fantastic week. And uh, we'll be back with an all new fantasy theme week next week on the 430 movie. We're not going back on a hiatus quite yet. We're, we're, we're back to uh, use and abuse. 
the movies. And uh, we want to thank, I don't know what that means. We, we want to thank uh, <laughs> our uh, sound engineer, Mark Rivera, along with uh, our executive sound engineer, the great Bill Ritter, our producer, Nellie Miscali, and our new co-producers, Zach Raggetts and Peter Holmstrom, who are now co-producers on the show. Welcome. Congratulations, guys. You've been working hard. We appreciate it for 2021. We're bumping you up to co-producers. So, Double your pay. Um, yeah, <laughs> twice nothing is still nothing. And, uh, uh, and of course, um, uh, we're so appreciative to you, our audience, for being there and continuing to make the 430 movie a big success. And uh, we'll do it for as long as you guys uh, want to hear it. And if you want to see us, you can watch us on the Electric Now app. Download that for free. Um, we'll come over to our house, you... but wear a mask. No, don't. Don't come over. Don't come don't to our come house. Over. Don't do please that. Please don't. No. Please, please don't. And uh, just uh, download the Electric Now app uh, where at your favorite app store, and you can watch the 430 movie, along with other great podcasts like Best Movies Never Made, Disco Nights about modern Trek, Inglorious Treks about classic Trek, and... Inglorious Treks. Inglorious Glorious. What I say? Inglorious tricks. It's oh, inglorious tricks. And inglorious. Thank you for correcting me on the name of the, our show. The inglorious tricks. It's all about Star Trek. And now we're doing exciting audio commentaries under the Trexperts briefing room moniker. So uh, from time to time, you get to listen to Darren and myself and special guests uh, and talk about. Uh, Classic uh, Trek episodes from the original series through Enterprise. We got some really fun guests coming on in the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be fun. Keep an ear out for that. Uh, but until next week, on behalf of Steve, Ashley, Darren, and myself, Mark Altman, we'll see you at the movies. Until then, Eyewitness News starts now. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production. Engineered by Bill Ritter for the Electric Surge Network.